Hello, and welcome to The Health of Our Hospitals, a podcast brought to you by the Nebraska Hospital Association. I am Jeremy Nordquist, president of the NHA. On The Health of Our Hospitals, we talk to hospital leaders, healthcare experts, and public officials about the current issues facing our industry and what the future of healthcare looks like in Nebraska and across the country. Our guest for this episode is EJ Kuiper. EJ serves Nebraska, Iowa, Minnesota, and North Dakota as the president of Common Spirit Health's Midwest Division and is the chief executive officer of CHI Health based in Omaha. With 28 hospitals, two standalone behavioral health facilities, and a program dedicated to the developmentally disabled, EJ leads more than 13,000 employees and 4,000 physicians across four states. EJ, thank you so much for making time to be with us uh, during your busy schedule, uh, during your transition here. Um, let's uh, let's introduce you a little bit uh, more to our, our listeners, to our healthcare leaders uh, across the state that haven't had a chance to meet you and tell us a little bit about uh, your journey uh, and career in healthcare leadership. Sure. Well, um, I grew up in uh, Europe, in uh, Amsterdam, just a little town outside of Amsterdam. And like a lot of kids um, there, played soccer uh, throughout my childhood and uh, had a uh, soccer injury when I was about 19, 19 and a half years old. Pretty devastating that uh, resulted in a number of surgeries and lots and lots of physical therapy over a, a two-year period of time. It became pretty clear after a couple of years that um, I was not going to have enough stability in that knee to play competitively and, and so decided that uh, the team of therapists and athletic trainers that uh, helped me through that difficult time uh, was something that I really admired and liked to uh, uh, join the ranks of physical therapy. So I uh, went to um, uh, get my training in physical therapy and uh, that led into uh, uh, hospital administration uh, years down the line. That's great. That's great. That that personal story and the impact of of healthcare in your life, I'm sure, uh, keeps you uh, focused on on patient care as you go through uh, your career in, in healthcare leadership. Um, in the time, uh, the short time now, you've been in Nebraska. How would you kind of rate the overall uh, health of our our hospitals here in Nebraska? Yeah, it's been a couple of couple of months now, and uh, I've been very impressed. Obviously, I'm based out of Omaha, and that's a pretty competitive uh, area, as you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's certainly known for uh, high quality care, and so are uh, uh, the hospitals across really the state of Nebraska. I've been impressed. I think uh, everybody is in it for the right reasons, uh, trying to uh, create healthier communities, and that's uh, certainly something I'm proud to be part of. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and CHI Health does an outstanding uh, job of being a, a community partner um, and, and working outside the walls of the hospital. Um, talk about the mission uh, of CHI Health uh, as, as you come on board here, both short term and long term, um, their, their role in, in health uh, in the states that, that you oversee. Yeah, so as you know, CHI Health is part of a, a much larger organization, Common Spirit. And uh, uh, core to its mission is, is creating healthier communities. I, I referenced it a little bit earlier. Uh, it's all about uh, creating access to, to high quality care uh, for all patients, uh, regardless of uh, background. And uh, certainly uh, at CHI Health, we firmly believe in that, in that very mission. Um, I believe 
uh, with the competitive environment that we're in, certainly challenging environment, it also forces us to uh, think outside the box and come up with innovative ways to um, uh, continue to elevate the, the level of care while keeping the cost of care in check. You mentioned uh, a common spirit, and, and uh, I think most people in, in, in hospitals and healthcare leadership in Nebraska uh, kind of know the relationship. Um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was early 2019 that CHI Health came together with, with Dignity Health to form uh, Common Spirit. Um, kind of from your perspective, talk about you know, how that helped uh, CHI Health and the, the healthcare that's available here in our state. Yeah, it's great to be part of a larger organization, and Common Spirit is, is definitely a, a significant scale. It's about $33 billion uh, in net revenue and, and growing pretty rapidly. Uh, now the largest um, or, or, or second largest Catholic healthcare system in the nation. You know, where, uh, where it really helps out is when you're part of a larger organization, where you can leverage scale uh, of the organization. Uh, key is, I believe... Um, knowing, you know, when to act big and when to act local. You know, when it comes to um, negotiating uh, deals with payers or, or uh, supply chain um, negotiations, it's good to have the strength of a system behind you. But at the end of the day, healthcare is still very local. So you also have to understand when you really have to leverage, for example, your local medical executive committees at the hospitals or um, really try to figure out what the needs in the local communities are. So I think it's good to have a large system behind you, but you have to remember also that at the end of the day, we are serving the communities um, in which we have those facilities and you have to be very agile uh, in that regard. Right. Well, one of the uh, questions I like to ask our our uh, hospital leaders across the state when I get a chance to visit with them is what is what's what's keeping them up at night? Um, the challenges that that you face now and the, the ones that uh, you're really thinking about how to uh, overcome in the future. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, it, it, it's certainly not uh, financials or stuff like that. While that is really important. The things that really keep me up is is how can we um, uh, create better access uh, to the patients that are, that are in need of, of, of care, and the staffing um, uh, limitations, challenges that we faced um, during the pandemic, and certainly now in this quieter uh, COVID nineteen phase, uh, really has posed substantial challenge from an access perspective. You know, when you don't have enough housekeepers or nurses or doctors or you name it, pharmacists, uh, it becomes hard to meet the need of the local community. So uh, figuring out how we can get past this um, resource uh, challenged environment, I think is going to be really important. And, and my colleagues across the state and certainly across the nation are facing similar challenges. Right, right. Uh, certainly no, no easy solution. We, we recently had um, uh, a demographer from uh, UNO come on and talk about kind of 2020 census and what we're facing here in Nebraska. And um, one of the takeaways for me was that out of all the states, we're number one in the country for uh, workforce uh, 55 uh, and older um, in terms of labor force participation. So we we're, uh, we have a lot of people in that age range working at the highest in the country. And, and it's just an additional challenge as we look ahead with our workforce. How do we replace all those people that are you know within 
10, 15 years uh, of retirement. Um, any any additional approaches or, or thoughts that that you have uh, regarding how we can take on our, our workforce uh, challenges that that we see? Yeah, well, we are partnering directly with uh, academic institutions uh, to to create um, pipelines of of talent directly into our organization. You know, it's, there's a huge need, as I just said, for, for not only nurses and docs, but but just think about physical therapists, pharmacists, medical technologists, CNAs, housekeepers, food and nutrition workers. Um, you know, providing scholarships, um, tuition reimbursement programs, or or even um, funding uh, the startup of new training programs uh, right, right now. Uh, so we can uh, face those challenges head on because um, I don't think this is something that it is going to go away anytime soon. And we have to start thinking multiple years into the future. That's right. Well, thinking uh, thinking ahead, you know, five or, or 10 years and looking in your crystal ball, uh, what do you see as kind of significant changes in healthcare that that we're we're looking at uh, down the road? Um, if you if you look look back ten years from now, what would be one of the most significant changes that that would would have happened? Yeah, well, as you know, Jeremy, making predictions is uh, is sometimes <laughs> dangerous. We both have been listening to uh, healthcare futurists for a long time now, and uh, mm-hmm. typically predict. Uh, Big changes in the near future. Uh, healthcare uh, doesn't move all that fast. Although I will say, over the last couple of years, we've seen some great innovative um, approaches. And obviously, leveraging telehealth was a big part of how we got through these uh, phases where we uh, shut down a lot of our, our, our clinics. But, you know, I, I think if you look a decade or so into the future, I believe connecting the smaller communities. Uh, in our rural markets with our tertiary academic centers is something that we really have to figure out. And uh, I believe telehealth will play a a big role there. There, There's no way that you're going to be able to get all the specialists always in every community. But if we can figure out a system where we connect uh, providers with patients um, and maybe get to a point, Jeremy, where uh, for a physician, it doesn't really matter when they go from uh, treatment room to treatment room, whether it's a physical patient in the room or there's a robot where he connects with the patient in uh, a rural market uh, and somehow create payer parity where it doesn't matter from a reimbursement perspective. I think that's kind of the optimal state that we'd like to get to. I think we made a lot of progress over the last two years, um, but I believe we need to be very intentional in getting to that point. So I think that will be the biggest change is leveraging technology and connecting people with people, physicians with patients. That, that's exactly right. I, I think you're, you're, you're right on on that. Given, given the workforce challenges we, we just discussed that in the state, you know, as, as big of a state geographically as we have here, um, we certainly need to be really thinking uh, about that and thinking outside the box and, and being a leader uh, in those conversations um, to ensure all Nebraskans have uh, access to the care that they need. Um, you've worked uh, in, in several other states um, in hospitals and leading hospital systems. And I know you've engaged as, as we've talked in those uh, hospital associations in those states. So, you know, we're, we're very excited uh, that, that you're here and, and want to engage with us at the NHA. Talk about, you know, your experience working with hospital associations in other states and, and what do you value out of uh, the relationship in working with organizations like the NHA? 
Yeah, well, uh, I'm not passionate about politics, but delivering high-quality health care has been my uh, lifelong mission. And, and the Nebraska Hospital Association um, is, is where those two intersect, right? Effective advocacy is hugely important for us. Um, if we are to continue to serve and take care of our communities, we, we really need to make sure that we get the right messages in, in, in front of the right people at a legislative level. Uh, level. And I, I believe we all in healthcare as leaders um, play a big role in that. Um, and, and I think supporting the NHA is really important. Um, there's always an important election coming up. And I really don't care if it's on one side of the aisle or the other side of the aisle. What we have to make sure is that people understand that if they want to have access to high quality care, uh, they're going to have to be uh, engaged in the discussions with our political leaders around what that model, what that care will look like. And uh, so, uh, Jeremy, the NHA can can count on me as a huge supporter. And uh, I will certainly uh, work with you and, and, and your great team to make sure we can advance health uh, uh, across Nebraska. That's right. And uh, thank you for, for saying that. And uh, it really is a two-way street. I mean, we're, we're here as a member services organization and, and want to, uh, you know, be as, as strong of advocates as possible, but it certainly takes the engagement from leaders like you um, to, for us to be successful in that. So we really appreciate that. That's the mindset that you're coming uh, in with and really uh, um, encourage all of our, our hospital leaders across the state to, to engage with us, um, bring challenges uh, forward, policy issues forward that need to be looked at. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll do our, our darndest here to stand up for Nebraska hospitals. Um, that's all the questions I had. Any, any just last thoughts or, or parting um, thoughts you wanted to share with our, our listeners? Well, I enjoyed uh, my time with you. Uh, I will say this. Uh, my wife and I have, have really enjoyed our short time in, in Nebraska. Uh, we certainly have appreciated the Midwest values uh, for the past uh, decade or so, but, but somehow the good people of Nebraska are taking it to the next level. There's uh, a lot of high-quality health care is available across the state, and I just feel honored to be a little part of it. Well, we, we really appreciate it, EJ, uh, taking time. Like I said, I know with the transition that, that you've uh, been very, very busy and getting out and meeting people in your organization, outside your organization. And, and we appreciate you spending some time with us and look forward to engagement with you uh, on behalf of the Nebraska Hospital Association. Uh, for our listeners, I appreciate you listening uh, today. Um, and please uh, subscribe and, and download our podcast, The Health of Our Hospitals, wherever you get podcasts. Thank you. Hi, my name is Mike Delaney, and I help lead NHA Services. NHA Services is a subsidiary of the Nebraska Hospital Association, and we are committed to being the first resource to Nebraska hospitals and healthcare entities for workable, cost-effective solutions. Currently, we represent 35 preferred business partners that have been strategically vetted by our NHA Services Board of Directors. Our board of directors is comprised of a diverse group of Nebraska healthcare executives that serve in both rural and urban settings. Today, we are joined by one of our preferred business partners, OneSource, the background check company, and I'm excited to introduce their vice president of business development, 
Neil Joston. Thanks, Mike. Uh, we are very excited to be a NHA services business partner and the opportunity that gives us to work with so many Nebraska hospitals. A um, little bit about OneSource. We are headquartered here in Nebraska and have been providing services to Nebraska organizations since 2004. Uh, we offer a full suite of employee screening solutions, including criminal background checks, healthcare exclusions, including OIG and SAM, professional license verifications, education or employment verifications, ongoing monitoring, drug testing, and more. Uh, being located here in Nebraska, we take a lot of pride in working together with Nebraska hospitals to build a solution that is tailored to their specific needs. Uh, so whether it's a large facility or a small rural hospital, uh, we will sit down, take a look at your current process, identify where we can help streamline your solutions and keep you in compliance with both state and federal regulation. Our processes are entirely electronic. We offer paperless e-signature opportunities, easy to read reports, and quick turnaround time. We're really excited to begin collaborating with many more Nebraska hospitals and helping them streamline their uh, screening process. For more information, visit our website, www.onesourcebackground.com.